Hi and welcome everyone to the 88th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allens and today's podcast will be about early bound generate versus late bound constants generate. And with me today I have Jonas Rapp from Serum Consult. Hi there. CRM Consultana and their Labar from Gap Integrity. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. How are you doing, Jonas? It's great, thank you. In isolation up in Stockholm in Sweden, it's up compared to you at least. Yeah, how are you, Daryl? Uh, I'm doing good. We had a, a little nice spot of weather and then I got colder again, so I'm kind of hoping that it, it warms back up again so I can spend a little more time in my yard rather than in my house, but yep. So, uh, Daryl, what's the best with uh, Jonas? So, uh, so if I was going to say some some things about Jonas, uh, he's from Sweden, so that's got to help at least somewhat, right? Uh, yeah. He he also uh, he works with Sarah Lagerquist, so it can't be can't be uh, too bad. Did um, you say no, work but... for Sarah Lagerquist? <laughs> he works with 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 with, with. okay with I'm yes. No, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware there's there's a hierarchy here somewhat, um, but no, um, and uh, but but no, an actual an actual serious no. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure how much Jonas actually sleeps. Uh, last time I was asking him questions at like 11:30 his time, he was answering them, um, and uh, and uh, he always always constantly seems to be working on something new, and he, he has the most the most uh, plugins or tools for the XRM toolbox of any other developer that I I think that's that's true. Uh, at least you have the top, you know. I think you have four of the top six or something like that most used tools in the toolbox. So uh, you, you definitely seem to find the the right niche of things that need to be filled and uh, make yourself useful. So I have I have hours and hours of my life that I owe to to my friend. <laughs> ah, that's very impressive, you. And then for you, Jonas, what's the best with uh, Daryl? Well, I'm I'm gonna go a bit fringe here, but his Twitter. You need to follow Daryl on Twitter if you don't do it all already. Because I mean. He he tweets now and then and always has this, well, I took over someone else's project and then he shares some crappy code and it, it actually makes me feel good that my projects aren't actually that bad. So I, I think, and always someone else wrote the code, of course, according to Daryl on Twitter. I'm not so sure about the reality. Yeah. I think it's just his own project. His it own it may or may not have been me him. three years ago, yes. But yeah. No, no, may or may not. Well, someone else is, yeah, I'm not the same guy as I was three years ago anyway. So I would encourage you that, follow Daryl on Twitter. It's hilarious and kind of saddening sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of a tick off of the daily WTF, only I call it uh, hashtag daily or uh, what the heck, I, yeah. WTH, yeah. what the heck? So yeah. I'd be a little more, a little more uh, uh, politically correct. Uh, and it makes me love my own customers and projects. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just find things in the code, and you're like, oh no, what's? <laughs> yeah. WTH. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just reminding you, your life could suck as bad as mine. That's, that's all I do. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. go independent. Find the crappy projects. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Daryl, what's the best thing for you with the early bound generator? So uh, I guess we'll focus on, uh, I'll cover both the the tool itself as well as just the idea of using early bound generation versus late bound. Yeah, we so, can probably just try to, to, to go with what, what are these things to begin with? Yeah, yeah. So the, so first the early bound generator is a tool for the XRM toolbox that is based off of the CRM service util that comes in the SDK. And it's just a GUI wrapper to be able to generate um, settings in a config file, as well as there are some custom 
plugins that I wrote for the Serum Service Util to do some things that it doesn't do out of the box. So that's the, the early bound generator. But the whole idea of it is to do early bound generation, which is going through and since every single CRM or CDS instance is completely different than the other, it looks at the metadata and then it creates the actual code for that specific instance of CDS. And then when you're coding, you don't have to guess what properties or what attributes an entity has or what the types of those attributes are. The tool generates those explicitly for you and you'll never have to worry about typing a name wrong or casting an attribute to the wrong type because it's hard-coded for you and you get all your lovely intelligence and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, so that's the early bound generator versus early bound generation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, Yunus, then, what the late bound constants generate? Well, since since I came from uh, a development world without uh, early bound generation, so... When I started working with Dynamics uh, three and a half eons ago, uh, I just started coding and uh, I, it asked for a attribute name and I typed in the attribute name and so on. And I basically didn't know anything else. So that's where I came from. And then uh, one day you realize um, someone is making typos and uh, it doesn't look good. It's, it's so vulnerable to just having to reference entities and attributes and relationship names and everything by literal strings that you're writing in your code. So I figured why not to uh, sort of do a little bit of what uh, these early bound uh, things do and look at the metadata, let you select whatever entities, attributes, relationships you're working with and uh, generate constants for them because we've been generating those constants manually for quite some time and realized, okay, this is just as usual, I'm too lazy for this. And the laziness is the mother of all tools. So I created a tool to generate all those constant classes for us. So we can basically continue working with our late bound code in C Sharp and uh, feel a bit more safe. So it's it's not even halfway there. It's uh, it's just looking over the fence to the early bound side, but it's get a bit more security about uh, names of uh, attributes and entities. So they both have that thing in common that they generate so you know what fields you have on each entity. So you don't have to look up, okay, was it something, something ID or was it just the name of that or was yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And, and my tool or the late bound constant generator in XRM toolbox it can also include, uh, uh, what do you call it, metadata, tags, sort of comments on these constants so you can actually see when you're using them. Is this a string? Is it an integer field? Or what, what type of field is it required? So you can see that. And and I actually saw one of these tweets from Daryl the other day. It showed us some code where someone, some someone within air quotes, of course, was reading data from CRM and then looked up the metadata for that same entity to interpret like to know which type of attributes are these so and there are a lot of ways to to, to make your life miserable but uh, this this just makes it a little less miserable all right so <clears throat> what would you say is the best thing with late bound constant uh, well the tool of course is good because if you're going the late bound path you <clears throat> you get the well, the security of knowing this is generated from the from the metadata, you get uh, all the attribute names and so on for right. And uh, well, and I think using late bound <clears throat> as a as a development concept is 
good from my perspective, or at least was from the beginning as well. That's how I started. You get a quick start. You can start coding right away. You don't have to generate it from the source environment and uh, regenerate as soon as you want to expand your code and get more entities in there or as you customize the system. And I think many times the the customization and the development go sort of in parallel, hand in hand. So that would make you need to regenerate every time. I don't know what it's like today, but I know at least uh, it used to be that way if you used early bound uh, classes that were generated in an environment that didn't look exactly like the one you are targeting now with your code, everything would explode. Uh, yeah, that's, that's we we wrong, will though. come to that. We that's, will come to that. But hold, <laughs> hold your horses, Jonas. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So, and the, okay. Some some obvious things. Smaller footprint. The you, a smaller DLL, basically, for for your plugins uh, or whatever you're building. Um, but yeah, it's it's just this. I think it's mostly. It's easier to get started. It's easier to just start working. And uh, I've also seen there was this discussion the other day about frameworks for your C sharp uh, development. Should you create your own? Should you just use plain SDK from Microsoft? Or what should you use? And it's I mean the conclusion there is you like what you do, and and you you tend to do what you like. So I I have done late bound from the beginning. So that's what I like since I know it. And I may be wrong, but um, this is what I know, so this is what I like. All right, Daryl. All right. So, do you want me to respond to him, or do you want me just to give the reasons of, of what I what I uh, my top three here? Um, let let's let's go with Jonas. What he responded. So the one thing that that Jonas pointed out here that I think is a fear that a lot of people have is what if my early bound entity generation doesn't match my environment? Because uh, I think Jonas, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, hey, if if it's if it's not exactly like my environment, it's going to break. No, right? I said I said explode. Gonna explode. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So that must be the yeah. Um, so it's going to explode. But there's there's unless you're actually doing some sort of metadata reflection to like generate columns on the fly of the early bound entities, you're not ever going to have an issue that happens in early bound that doesn't also happen in late bound. Uh, so the things to think of. If you remove a column, remove an attribute, and that's different now, as long as you don't attempt to retrieve that attribute or attempt to update that attribute, or uh, then you're not going to have any problems both in early bound or late bound. But if you attempt to retrieve it or you attempt to update it in either of those worlds, you will explode, uh, or the, pro- the code will explode. Um, so it it just because the early bound has properties that don't maybe exist or aren't correct as long as you don't use them it will work just fine the same way as it'll work just fine in late bound so okay. i don't oh, ever see there being a reason that it is safer to be in late bound rather than early bound okay so is this something that's changed over the time or was i misinformed from the beginning uh this would be something that you were misinformed from the beginning the one thing that i ever did that i ever had a problem with is i said i'm going to be smart and i'm going to generate a a column set based on the columns that are custom columns so give me all the custom columns which you know if you got you probably have eight or ten entities that have you know eight or they have a, a small number of columns it's just the custom columns and you, you want those all the time then great I, I created a little tool to go through reflect over the entity to do that but that broke because then it would be adding in columns all the time even if 
it wasn't really being used. And so if you happen to, to generate that one, then that would create a, a, a column set that wasn't valid if it didn't exist in the environment. So that was like the one time where I've ever had an issue, hey, it has to match exactly, but that was because I was doing something, frankly, kind of stupid. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, but that was, yeah, so that's the only case. And that would be the same issue if you were doing something like that for your constants, reflecting over your constant class and generating a, a column set based on the constants, uh, you, yeah, you'd, you'd have the same issue. Yeah. yeah, if you Absolutely. ask for something in CRM that doesn't exist or sorry, power platform that doesn't exist, it will break. No, it will explode, right, Jonas? Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> That's why I always wear a helmet during development. <laughs> All right. So, so that was that was one 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 big myth I think that has turned a lot of people off from early bound since the beginning of time is hey I don't have to generate my entities more often in late bound than I do in early bound. No, unless you're mainly going in and adding like one or two column names manually to your late bound generation, then okay, yes, in that case you. You could still do the same thing and mainly add it to the early bound. It's just a little more difficult, that's all. Um, so that would be the only case that I could see that, that you could talk about it being, quote, unquote, you have to generate them less often. So um, but anyway, okay, so that, those are some myths there. But uh, my, my, my number one reason for using early bound is, uh, I like to, to put it this way, friggin' type safety, okay? So... <laughs> Uh, you, you know what your attributes are. You get them out automatically. You don't have to cast them. Uh, so much of the code, every single time you want an attribute, you have to cast the attribute to the specific type. You have to um, do the helper method to go get the attribute value that checks to see if it's null or not and attempts to cast it or, or, or if it exists in the collection or not and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, that just all goes away, and it's just so much so much cleaner with that, that type safety in there. So that's that's my number one thing of, hey, why why are they bound number two is something that i like to use a lot it's called uh interface extensions i call it interface extensions and this is something that a lot of people would say oh you have to use late bound in this situation and i will say there are situations where you should be using late bound but some situations let's say like if you wanted to get a uh get the address of an entity in a displayable format uh all of the out-of-the-box entities that you'd be getting the address of have the same exact address fields or very closely the same exact address fields. So you would say, oh, well, if I want to do this on multiple entities, then I shouldn't be typing it to that. I wanted to go ahead and and do it as a late-bound approach, where instead you could go through and just define an interface that is those specific uh, fields that you need to create your actual class, your actual class, your actual format for your, your address. And then you could just type you can just add that interface to those types and now you actually still have your early binding it's just macaster an interface and you can even put methods on the interface as well like uh as a, you can make it like an extension method as i say get get uh get address or get formatted address and so you can apply that to all those different entities implement that interface based on the attribute that they have yeah. so that's my number two thing that, that wouldn't be possible with late bound uh and number three is to ability to be wouldn't able to be possible <laughs> Okay, Jonas. So anything is possible. Explain <laughs> I, I, it to us. My, my hands are free. They are not tied by by early bound, the harder tied types and stuff. I can do whatever I want with my late bound code. As long as it makes sure that's exactly what the uh, what the metadata de is defined as. Yeah. And, oh, so what you, you don't have. Does. So you don't have to care about what the metadata metadata is like. Is that what you're saying? Well, we both have to care, but I don't have to care because it's already typed for me. Where you have to mm. make sure you type it, not so like yeah. you're yeah. 
Jonas, you're telling us that this extension interface or the interface here, it would be uh, possible the same way with the late bound constants generator, right? <laughs> Since I didn't really understand everything Daryl said about the interface and the extension and everything and, and uh, adding that to the class, I'm wondering how he adds an interface to a pre-generated pre early bound class, so he, I think... So I that. think but, that they, it's possible to use a partial class and then extend that with the interface. You have it in a separate file, so you don't actually add code to the generated file. That is the correct answer. Okay, so the partial. All right. Why didn't you yes. say partial? Okay. Uh, and uh, of course, my answer is yes. You can do it at late bound. Uh, oh yes, you could do it late bound, but not with an interface. Not with no, a C -sharp there, there, there is no class to sort of put the interface on. Correct. Yeah. Unless you just extend the entity class. But then you'd be extending entities that aren't possible for that interface as well. And even that yeah. wouldn't work either, because you'd need properties on the entity class to implement the interface from. I'm this not buying it, Jonas. I'm not buying it. Uh, 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 the consultant in me says, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we want this red line to be blue. Is that what it was? <laughs> we want them okay. all to be perpendicular to each other. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that got pretty techy. Yeah. So, so what's the what's the best things with the late bound? So you've you said one, right? And what's can you please continue? You're you asking me again. I said one. I, yes, I Jonas. Said I will get a quick start, and I don't have to regenerate as I expand my code or expand my customizations. But all all my arguments have already been shut down by Daryl. So I'm, I'm I think I'm going to bed now. Okay, so uh, what about the file size then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had that as well, the, the smaller footprint. And I know, I know, usually that's a non-issue. But I mean, unless you have huge uh, plug-in assemblies or something that uh, that grow beyond whatever, that uh, usually it's not a big problem. It used to be a bigger of a problem, I guess, in earlier versions when, when it wasn't possible to sort of segment the early mound uh, generated files as much. But but I mean, everything everything that has size affects performance in one way or another. I, I think that could be an argument as well. But also, I know maybe this uh, this episode will not go entirely the way you wanted it. So that me and Daryl just uh, scream at, at each other because I know it's 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 a bit cleaner, it's nicer to do it early bound. But I just being a bit rogue and continuing. But it's easier for me. It gets uh, I get things done faster. I definitely do that, but it's all a matter of what you're used to and, and your habits. Um, well, but I can buy the, the I... plugin if you're really lazy and you didn't even know about the early bound generator and you just use the CRM SVC util to generate all of the entities, you would end up with a fairly big DLL. So, so if you if you start there, then you might get scared off from the early bound generated, and get that five or eight megabyte DLL before you even wrote a single line of code yourself. Yeah, but I, I think the main reason for going late bound is that uh, I mean, even from the beginning, I've been doing very much uh, generic code, so we create uh, vertical 
functions that should uh, where you can sort of use the configuration data to work with uh, with the customer data and you you configure them to specify which fields to use i mean it, it could be a, a simple the classic case a simple auto numbering feature so you have a, you have a plugin doing the numbering but you have configuration data telling me how to format it and in which uh, which field to put the numbered value. Then you have to go late on, of course, because you don't know beforehand what model looks like. I think that's, that is true. that's basically where, where I come from, doing a lot of generic development. Daryl? The, uh, the megabytes story is kind of funny because <laughs> when I originally started generating stuff like in 2011, uh, it, it wasn't that big because there weren't that many entities. But as they continue to, to add more and more and more, that number got bigger and bigger and bigger till it went over one of the plugins I was writing went over the allowed plugin size to deploy to CDS. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Oh, well, this isn't good. Um, so that's why I ended up adding whitelists and blacklists, the early bound generator, uh, to be able to, to not generate all those entities. So yes, that is, uh, that is a, a point that goes in my point column of yes, it does generate a larger footprint than uh, late bound. So yes, that is that. But, I'll go on to my third and final point of, uh, of early bound is you can actually add logic to your entities and not have just be plain, plain POCO objects, but to actually have it do something in a way that makes a whole lot more readability sense, I guess, rather than having to have all these other services that you're calling that then takes the data and manipulate them. It's just nice to have a contact that get make phone call or something i don't know whatever whatever method you want to call on the actual object itself and not have to be faring around these objects and then migrating into something else and yeah just it's just seems so much more readable to me to be able to to add those methods straight to the actual uh, classes so what's your favorite method to add there uh what's my favorite one is i don't even know uh, sometimes something that's kind of fun to add is like a debugger attributes so if you wanted to see what you're, if you're debugging and you wanted to see a couple of properties rather than having it show just the uh, SDK entity uh, string, uh, you can actually have it show, you know, a few properties if you want to or whatever you wanted to, to put in your debug properties for it. So that's that's kind of something neat to do with so an actual So you override class. the two-string method there? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so you can override the two-string method, but I'm talking about actually like the debugger attributes that you can put on a class within, Visual, within C-sharp. And so that would show up in your debugger if you looked at the, if you expand like a list of entities, it isn't calling two string, it's, it's using, well, it is under the, under the covers, I guess, but uh, maybe you don't want to actually override the two string. You just want to actually have it show up in the debugger. You can add that to your debugger attribute. Was it browsable, debugger, debugger display attribute, remember what it is. You can put that in your class and be able to have that uh, show up. But I know Jonas never makes any mistakes, so he probably doesn't need that. He, he doesn't need a debug. <laughs> well, I do mistakes. But I haven't learned how to debug plugins properly. Or when, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I try, it's like, ah, oh, this is just so tedious. So uh, <laughs> that's why I'm focusing on the plugin trace log. <laughs> Get everything there. Uh, so that that that's that, that makes a lot more sense to me about why so much effort was placed in that. If you can't actually uh, attach a debugger to your plugins via unit test, Jonas, man, I don't. There's so much that I want to give you that apparently it just isn't going to make it over the Swedish border, I guess. Yeah. I know. I'm, yes. m- my style of development when it comes to plugins is still, uh, I feel like I'm in the 17th century or something. <laughs> but, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, then I'm probably in your base, uh, Jonas, because I'm I'm I don't feel like I'm that sophisticated, like like Daryl or uh, some of the um, other ones that sort of okay, you put these properties on the class, and then we will figure out what steps to register in your environment. And I'm like, well, well, I have a plugin registration tool. Can't I just use that? Yeah. The, that, uh, that's the whole other story. That's funny because that's uh, that's the exact opposite of what Jonas was telling me. He's like, hey, I need to. I did a uh, a session last year at the Siramuji Summit in North America. I was just creating a plugin from scratch with unit testing, and I needed to deploy it. And I used the plugin registration. Jonas was getting on me the that he had at least some hand in developing in toolbox. That I think was a previous with the previous employer. Um, he used that one to auto deploy it. Yeah, that, that one I use all the time. Yeah. So that's since, funny since, that... since I have to look at the plugin trace to actually see what's happening, I need it to, when I recompile, it needs to be updated in the target environment, so I will get the new trace log. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, maybe not the but, most but... beautiful style, but it works. I'm starting to see why you and I differ so much in some of the things that we know we should do, but we haven't done is because we just haven't gotten to the pain point of doing it. Because your life is, I'm going to change, I'm going to push, I'm going to re-trigger i'm going to look at the trace logs i'm going to change i'm going to push i'm going to re-trigger and lift trace logs where my life is all right i'm going to uh do whatever i want to do i'll just run a unit test oh, let's do whatever i want to do you know just and keep my going back there. and then i push at the very end and generally it works um so so yeah that's yeah. interesting how those that uh, those pain points cause us to, to find fixes for some of our other pain points how yeah. do you build up the data to trigger that plugin so Okay, you have some kind of simulated call from CRM. Okay, this is the fields that are updated with these values. How do you do that? Is that for me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, for you so, who actually so, do the the proper so way of unit testing. Unit testing, I I create a unit test for the plugin, and I say, all right, here's my plugin. Uh, here's the target, and I mainly populate some some values in the target, whatever the plugin actually needs, and I give it to the plugin context and have it call the execute method on the plugin and I'm good to go. Um, there isn't a whole lot, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot to it until you start getting to a lot of issues where you need to be doing a lot of, um, a lot of queries and having lots of things that exist that are, uh, that are custom to that particular instance. So maybe I need a contact that has an account that's uh, in the state of New Jersey or something. So now I've got to create the account for like, I, I, yeah, there's two ways to test it. You can fake everything, or you can go through and actually, in memory, add the account with state of New Jersey and associate it to the contact and then run your test. Um, so I, I, I tend to do it that way. That way I make sure all my queries actually get ran. But I can do that in a matter of three lines of code. So I, it's not that big of a deal for the most part. So you have like a mini CRM database all in that sort of fake yeah, CRM that's, that's, or I organization. Yep. So that's exactly what all the unit test frameworks out there that, that I've seen do. The uh, framework from Delegate, uh, the framework from uh, uh, Jordy's from uh, XRM, Pick XRM, uh, Easy, and then my XRM unit test. That's that's at the core what all those frameworks are. This fake in-memory I organization service that can interpret query expression, can interpret XML, and, and all that kind of fun stuff. So so yeah, that's 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 all where right, that power so. sits at. All right. So. Um... 
are we done? Should we continue <laughs> this or? <laughs> well, that was what the good. Think, we got to get to the. We got to get to the bad, right? I mean, I got. I got to listen to why Jonas needs to come over to my side of the fence, right? <laughs> oh right, all right, all right. Then. <laughs> so, uh, what's the? Because I think we've been to the ugly, right? Uh, we, we we've been this well the ugly I, I would say well here here's my thing with Jonas why right in the then. world Jonas why in the world do you spend the time to generate your late bound constants when it's practically the same amount of time to generate them all the way and get the actually all the early binding like I just I never understood why you just don't like you got to click a button to generate the late bound you got to click a button to generate the early bound how is one so much worse than the other uh, I don't think it's so much worse. Um, I'm just not, it's not been my style. It's not my style. And for some that's, reason... That's the old man cranky answer. Yes, it is. Yes, you know how old I am. And But but for some reason, people are actually using my tool as well. <laughs> so maybe, I, don't look at me, look at them. I'm just doing yeah. it for their sake. Well, And the funny part is, my tool generates all the constants as well, because there are lots of times when you still need to do some late bound stuff as well. So <laughs> it's like, you you get both of mine, but no one seems to care. Yeah. They all want. So, they so all are you... infatuated with the the Swedish blue and yellow <laughs> icons that you have. So, so did you add the generated constants, or is that part of the Serum Service Util as well? I added those. Okay. So I have a, a fields class that sits inside the actual entity class, so okay. account dot fields dot full name or whatever. You know, there there is another tool that does that. Uh, already you mean like the late constants actually (laughs) (laughs) you you can buy my code okay all right here's 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 another one we'll get moving on here so do you does is late bound constant generator only a tool that runs within the context of of uh xrm toolbox it's well no it's not actually because i had a pull request a while ago someone wanted to include it in the build pipeline to ah. auto-generate it. So there, there is a command line version of it as well that reads the configuration file you specify for your project and uh, and does it that way. Though I, okay. I don't really understand why I would do that since when the, the tool currently doesn't support any just like wildcard, bring me all attributes from this entity. So, I mean, if you generate it once in your in your manually and then regenerate it in a, in a pipeline or automation of some kind, it would generate a file that looks ident- identically the same. So I'm, I'm not sure why I would do that until uh, until there's the feature of sort of wildcarding or specifying uh, all custom attributes or something like that. So, but short answer, no, no, it can be automated as well. All right, I didn't know that one. And then those settings are just a config file that gets checked in, but you can't share the settings within the toolbox though, right? Uh, how do you mean? Sure. Do, do you... Do you is your settings within the toolbox? Does it save those two settings directory? The toolbox? Oh, you say, no, you save it wherever you want. So you okay. you can so you can manually save, save your the project. settings. Yeah, okay, and uh, usually I just save it to my my project folder somewhere. So they, I'm talking about the settings, not the output. Yep, the settings. All right, All right cool. And then you can so load the settings. Anyone, anyone on my on my team can uh, work on regenerate. Yeah, because right. you check it in with, together with your code because. I don't actually see why you want it in this build step either. None of these, because for me, it's it's helping me with the development of this. So I need it while I sort of okay. I just made that attribute. Now I generate the 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 code or the class so I can use it, and then I keep going. So then when I check all all the in, 
it's it's ready for sort of deployment. Yeah. So the one thing that that forces you to do is it forces everyone to make if it, if you're doing it as part of the build pipeline, then it makes sure that no one accidentally steps on each other because no one ever gets latest every single time. Sometimes people forget, uh -huh. and so if you've added another custom entity or something that you wanna that you wanna generate, um, <clears throat> uh, that's that's a reason I've seen people go through and do that. The other thing is you could probably set it up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know if someone publishes a solution, you could probably kick off a build task to, to build rebuild your your yeah. generation entities, and, yeah. and then have that get pushed to like via NuGet package or something, or checked into source control. Right. So you so can do that you, even. So when you publish something, a, a new field or something like that, then you update those entities that are included in the generator. Yeah, uh, you could. You could hire up some. You could wire up some sort of thing like that, but I, I've never, I've never deemed it worth my time to wire that up because I just run it whenever I need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree there. All right. So what's Jonas? What's the the worst thing about late bound generate? Well, one thing, if we're talking about the tool in itself, is uh, as I mentioned, you have to specifically <clears throat> identify this entity, these attributes, these relationships, and so on. And, and to say, what do I want included? It would be a lot better to just say, okay, look at this solution, bring me everything. You, you can sort of do that because you can uh, select the entities based on the solution, but but it's it's not dynamic. So it's not like next time you open the tool with the same configuration and you added an entity that will be included as well. So you have to, you have to pinpoint each and every entity and attribute and so on. And, and I mean, that's a usability feature in the tool itself that's missing. Um, and uh, if, if we're looking beyond the tool and looking at latebound, well, of course, some of the things Daryl has mentioned are some are ones that I sort of agree more with. Like the um, actually, I never if you know what you're doing, and I'm not saying you have to know exactly the system, but if you know what you're doing, uh, the type sort of conflicting types, or you expect it to be an int and it's a decimal or something like that. I, I don't see that as a big problem. It, it, it's rarely a problem. Okay, it might be easier to to just get it as a typed attribute instead of doing a get value or something like that. But uh, yeah, that, that's probably it. And then uh, of course, I mean, in the tool, there, there's always things to improve. I actually improved a lot of the UI and usability of it as I created this UML diagram generator since it's it's basically the same thing. Read metadata, let me select an ent entities and relationships and so on, and generate some sort of text file. Uh, so, so I used, it's the same code as the Lightbound Constant Generator. There's, it's not just copied, they share the same code, like 99% of it. And, uh, and there's a lot done, but there's definitely more that could be done to make it easier. Just, But uh, I mean, if... Uh, if Daryl sort of wins this argument, I, maybe I should just scrap it instead. You know, I, I just thought maybe why don't I just make a late bound version of the early bound generator? I could do that too. Yeah, <laughs> I could just have it because I'm already doing everything that that tool is as far as generating the field names. I can just go ahead and uh, yeah. and not generate all the attributes and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> all right then. But but for me, it's important to get the types from my personal point of view, because if you sort of have m some projects going at the same time and then you swap environments and then you're like, oh, what was that there again? What was that thing? So it's, it's sort of nice to have that already set up for you, uh, from my point of view, at least. So, yeah. Um, all right, then. Where do I go if I want to know more? Daryl, you're first. Um, 
So before we go into that one, I do have one concession that I think I uh, that needs to be made at least for both the early and the late. And All that's, right. So confession uh, time. Having that, you have to you have to make a you have to make a decision how you're going to share code within a project. It may be a NuGet file. If you do that, then it's either going to be an, a source-only NuGet file that would require that it would require you not to have to do IL merging, or you have to do IL merging if you're going to do plugin development, or it could be a shared project file and all that kind of fun stuff. So, so that's something that that you do have to kind of decide to do when you use either the early bound or the late bound constant generator. Right. Although the right. late bound, you could probably more do that every single time. You could duplicate every single uh, class, every single plugin, and not feel quite as bad about it. Just such a small. Footprint, we're talking about guess. if we have several several C# -sharp projects that yeah. would be using sort of the same generated file, then you can yeah. either create it as a shared project or okay, yeah, yeah. So that's something that you have to actually spend some time thinking about and doing. So mm -hmm. if you use either the generators, but anyway, okay. So where do we go if you want to know more? Uh, so for me, in early bound, uh, you can obviously download the tool in the XRM toolbox. You can look at the GitHub project for it. There is not a specific GitHub project for any of my XRM uh, toolbox tools. They're all just my dlb.xrm.xrmtoolbox.tools project uh, because that's the way I roll, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so, that's, uh, so that's a place to go look there. But uh, if you want an example of how to get it set up and how to get it working, that's where the Visual Studio Solution Accelerator tool for the XRM toolbox will automatically set that up for you. So, um, so that's it will set up the shared projects and an example plugin and example unit testing and all that kind of fun stuff um, and walk you through a little wizard experience and set up the configuration needed to generate the early bound entities and then you'd open up the early bound entity generator and, and actually create them. So it, it's, that's my take you by the hand and walk you through and now you've got something running in the machine. Um, and you them. have something step-by-step -step guide or something to that to show users how to do it the first time. Yeah, it's a it's a whole wizard experience of, hey, do you, you, do you want to create, do you want to add you know, is this the first time you're running for the solution? Yes. Okay. Here, let's let's go and add all these um, other property, other projects to include into your 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 whole solution. Or it's oh, you've already ran this a few times. All right, here, let me just create a new plugin for you. You want a new plugin? You want a workflow? What do you what do you want to create? Um, so it will do that for you as well. But if you're brand new and you just want to create something and have some unit testing, go through and do that. And uh, yeah, it's a real simple way to go through and do that. Play around. From what I understand, you can use the Visual Studio Solution Accelerator without generating early bound classes yep. as well, right? Yep, yep. So it's, and then it's you for can... me as well. It's for you as well, yes. <laughs> yes, it would uh, set up the project so that you could at least use the, the my XRM framework um, yeah. as well. Yep. So that's where so you Jonas, go for Where, where do things. I go if I want to know more about the uh, the early bound? The early bound, you go nah. talk to Daryl. <laughs> the late bound uh, constant generator well uh, yeah. just, just like Daryl it's a tool in the toolbox there's actually I don't think I've written anything about it on my blog I've written about most of the other tools but um, yeah go there or reach out to me I'm, I'm uh, always almost listening to Twitter or wherever you may find me and uh, I'll glad you gladly give you a short run through of the um, yeah that's it so, Daryl, do you have any public speaking or anything else where we can see you next? Uh, I don't know if we will ever have public speaking again. Um, <laughs> I, no, during, I, if you're listening to this later than when it's hitting live, we're sort of in this um, corona quarantine. So everyone is at home and all the conferences are canceled here now. So, yeah, that's why. 
Yep. So I, I'm uh, thinking about doing some more online, like Teams meetings or live share stuff. I just did one last night with um, Scott Colson, who was showing off his uh, his framework that he uses for his plugins. So uh, we kind of walked through that together, and I posted that to my YouTube channel. So I guess you could follow me on YouTube, and, and I might have some stuff coming out there far, far sooner than um, than uh, actually in person. But yeah, Twitter's Twitter's great, and LinkedIn as well. And if you do do LinkedIn, just mention where you heard where you where you first heard of me, or you know, hey, I I use this tool, or hey, I heard of you on the on the dot, the not the dot net rocks, it's the the what's the name of the CRM podcast? CRM rocks. CRM rocks. There we go. All right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you changed it yet, or if you had, if you're going to change it or, or not. So power um, rock. Apparently, your marketing department isn't very big as far as forcing it to change. It. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Power Rocks isn't the same. Well, perhaps I will have to go with that now. That sounds like a sounds like some sort of fun uh, item in like a role playing game or something. Picked up the Power Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Jonas. Do you have any uh, public speak or anything like that scheduled? Well, yeah, actually, I do have one scheduled or three at the same time because I was going to speak in the community summit in Barcelona now in March a couple of weeks ago, but that was postponed. So now it's slated for end of June, beginning of July, and I haven't heard that being canceled yet. So, so technically, yes, I will be in Barcelona <laughs> this summer to speak there. But uh, so I'm we were supposed to meet there. Yeah, not there, not uh, anywhere, actually. So we'll see what happens. And I, I've done a few webinars before, but I, I really, I'm really struggling when you have this one, one-way communication. So I'm hoping I can do some more sort of well, webinars where I can interact with the audience. I, I actually did one in February for the Seattle user group. So I was there. I, I was there, but from my home office, talking about uh, Excel toolbox tools with their user group, and they they had camera in the back of the, of the room in the in the ceiling, so I can see everyone, and I can. They had the their microphones on, so I could actually communicate. And I think uh, I'd, I'd like to do more of that now in these strange days when we when we can't meet face to face. So. We'll see what happens. Nothing planned as of now, but definitely something will come up. All right, then. So who do you want to battle next on this podcast, then? <laughs> who I would like to battle here? Uh, I, I, I don't think I like this whole battling thing. And uh, I, I think this goes uh, alongside with, if you've heard about this, uh, the new thing, the hashtag ProCode, NoCode, Unite, that was started by Scott Duro and uh, Sara Lagerquist in uh, Scottish Summit. I think that's the last live event that ever took place in the Power Platform. Um, and they, which was, they, they started like this, okay, let's battle, let's talk about ProCode and NoCode and see who wins. And uh, I mean, the conclusion is that there's a time and a place for everything. So I think that's the same regarding late bound, early bound. I think that's the same. Managed and managed solutions. No, that's not an argument. There's no battle there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sorry. there we have it. And, and I've done that and I've been, well, I've met this guy from the US and uh, he actually, that's his name, G-U-S, uh, <laughs> <so laughs> once too many. I mean, it's not, it's not a discussion, uh, let's just drop that. But I think, I really think that there, there's a place for everything and uh, the technologies and the approaches that we are discussing here today, not just on this podcast, but, but the, the things that are, that are up for discussion 
are all about really valid technologies, really valid approaches. Otherwise, there would literally be no discussion because the the other side would be dead. No one would argue for that. So there, those discussions that are still around are good discussions to have. It's not it's not a battle. It's discussions and it's no, of course learning, not. It's, learning when it's, to use what. It's just a fun frame to have the discussion on. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. How about you, Daryl? Who would you like to battle? So I don't know if I've, I don't want that I would like to battle against, but I would be interested in those that are seeing the usage of .NET Core versus just the regular .NET framework when it comes to development for the CDS platform. Mm-hmm. Do we even have the SDKs for Core? They've yeah. just started rolling some of that out, I believe. Oh, all right yeah. then. Yeah, it's, or it's perhaps an er, uh, early alpha version and, and uh, open the GitHub repository for feedback and so on. So I really encourage you to check it out. Yeah, that's that's a good step in that direction then. So perhaps JavaScript versus TypeScript for you then, Daryl. <laughs> well, every every JavaScript file is a TypeScript file, so there's no... Isn't it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would think uh, I, I would think that it, it's almost even more so of... Um, I saw someone tweet on some tool that there was C sharp to JavaScript like tool or something, and I was like, no, that's 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 just bad. <laughs> don't do that, people. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't try to write JavaScript with C sharp. It just you're gonna want to shoot somebody, or, or or you're gonna create really really bad JavaScript that won't work the way you want it to work, and you can't debug it. So is anyway. it like the the code you're working on right now? Uh, no, um, the code I'm working on now is a whole slew of other mistakes that have been made. But um, yeah, after after making the jump from C sharp to getting into JavaScript, getting into TypeScript, and getting a much better familiarity of why they're so different, and having to handle those differences, uh, yeah, I, it, TypeScript is the one language that I've been like in C sharp and be like, I wish this was TypeScript. <laughs> Every yeah. other one, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm happy with C sharp. But yeah, that, that's the one language. I'm like, I wish I wish I could do this in C sharp like I can in TypeScript. All right. Do you have any links to self-promotion, Jonas? Self-promotion? Yeah. yeah. Your home, well, your blog, your... Yeah, not my home. That's for me. But my, my webpage is, well, jonasr.app. I think that's sort of yeah. concise and short enough. <laughs> How about you, Daryl? So uh, I, I've owned my own company for a year now, over a year, and I still haven't done anything with my domain. So my webpage at gapintegrity.com is just to, like a, a ad for, um, oh, for the domain host. So uh, yeah, so I, I have to kind of cry a little bit in that. But uh, uh, Twitter is probably the best way to keep track of what's going on with and reach out to me. Uh, my handle's ddlabar. Um, yeah, and everyone who's listening, you can comment on serumrocks.com and you can decide the winner there. And uh, yeah, see you next time on Serum